What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Damp Valley coming at you with a little bit of a somber Harbor Knox podcast. The Stephen Curry injury is going to be out at least a few weeks with a left shoulder injury that he suffered in Wednesday's loss to the Indiana Pacers. Before we dive into the implications of this, maybe how much we should panic or not panic, but mostly probably panic, please remember to Subscribe to us wherever you're getting your podcast, whether you're on YouTube for the first time, hit that sub- and you're hitting that subscribe button, liking and commenting to help the algorithm blow us back. Or if you're listening to us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you've stumbled upon us, please remember to just throw us that subscription um, and subscribe on both platforms, YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcast. We've done both those things. Tell people about us, retweet our promo, shout us out on Twitter, the whole nine yards. Anything you can do to help get the word out about this podcast we appreciate our loyal listeners who return, but we're also looking to grow the community and welcome in new listeners as well. Join our Discord. The link to that is in the podcast and YouTube description. Lots of good conversations and tons of fun in there all the time. And finally, follow us on the socials. Those are in the YouTube and podcast description as well. We're at Hardwood Knox on Twitter and TikTok at Hardwood underscore Knox on Instagram. With that out of the way, we get to the Golden State Warriors. And frankly, Go ahead and smash those Golden State Warriors panic buttons you've been staring at, maybe even nervously thumbing for most of this season. Steph is set to miss a few weeks after suffering a left shoulder injury uh, against the Pacers, as I mentioned before. He isn't expected to need surgery, isn't, according to Sham Sharani of The Athletic, and he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. The Warriors are now free to enter ex- existential crisis mode accordingly. And look, full-blown dread is not a knee-jerk reaction, overreaction to Steph's injury. The absence of a concrete timetable beyond these few weeks does little to sort of diminish fears. The ambiguous wording, if anything, and lack of context is only going to amplify cause for alarm. Maybe a few weeks really does mean a few weeks, as in like two or three we know that's not how these reevaluations work, but for argument's sake, let's say he's back in that time. Great, grand, wonderful. The Warriors don't have a few weeks, and that's the the thing that we need to drive home here. They sit one game under 500 at the time of this news, clinging to 10th place in the Western Conference, and what would be the final playing spot? Optimists will note that they are mere five games back of the first place Memphis Grizzlies. Awesome. Realists will point out that the Dubs are only four and a half, five games in front of the 15th place San Antonio Spurs. This is all to say Golden State's margin for error does not exist. The NBA is enjoying thermonuclear AF levels of parity right now, and the Warriors burned whatever breathing room they had on juggling slash fumbling visions of two timelines and on rest nights and on off efforts they weren't and still aren't actually good enough to have. So Andy Lou of the Light Years podcast had a good tweet on this. I'm going to throw it up on the screen for anyone watching uh, that I really thought was salient. He he tweeted, Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Dallas, Indiana, Utah, Indiana again. All awful, unserious L's that if the Warriors had simply won three of the four out of the seven, they'd be in a good place to weather this Steph injury. But they've not, one, built the roster to maximize wins, nor, two, has the the coaching staff tried to develop guys to be better than their bad vet pickups. Now the Warriors have to decide whether to make a move soon or sit and wait on a season slipping away quickly. Again, these are, these are just not overreactions going a few weeks without Steph in this competitive climate 
is akin to maybe tossing your season away. The Warriors have barely been able to go a few minutes without Steph. Golden State has outscored opponents by 145 points in the 894 minutes Steph has been on the floor. It has lost the 503 minutes he's been on the bench so far by 127 points. Steph's overall net swing, net rating swing is still one of the six largest in the league, regardless of playing time. And the Warriors see both their offensive rating and effective field goal percentage descend into hopelessness when he's on the sidelines. Their over rating drops by 17.8 points per 100 possessions. Again, one of the three biggest marks in the league. Their effective field goal percentage drops by 8.3 percentage points. That's the second largest dip in the league. Theoretically, this is why you extended Jordan Poole on a nine-figure deal. There is no replacing Steph's impact, neither on nor off the ball. And no team in the league is built to withstand the loss of 30 points and 6.8 assists on 66.8 true shooting and this three-point volume and range and defense warping movement. Still, Poole is supposed to represent the pinnacle of Golden State's multi-timeline project, the ascending star who's both ready now, yet not anywhere near his prime. The idea of his ball handling and his finishing and his self-creation and his table setting should be the vehicle through which the Warriors navigate Steph's stint on the shelf. In practice, though, Poole's not ready. At least he's not playing like he's ready this season. Career high usage has been accompanied by a personal worst turnover rate and his lowest true shooting percentage since he was a rookie. His three-point clip has now dipped below 32% for the year, and it's hovered beneath 30% for more than half the damn season. His 53.4% clip inside the arc is a breath of fresh air, and he is knocking down 67.2% of his looks within five feet since mid-November. Does he get to the rim that range enough for it to matter? Eh, not really, but there's more variance caked into his perimeter game than ever. Poole posted an effective field goal percentage of 48.3 on pull-up jumpers last, last season. Unspectacular, but not necessarily dire. That number has plunged to 42.4 this year. Similarly problematic, Poole has gone from burying 37.9% of his catch-and-fire triples to just 34.7%. And he's been even worse than that 34.7% clip since mid-November. The caveat to all this, which is in no way comforting, the best version of Poole has never even qualified as an offensive lifeline independent of Steph. Here's where Golden State's offense has ranked the past three years when Poole plays without him. In 2020-2021, the O rating ranked in the 6th percentile during those minutes. Last year, it ranked in the 42nd percentile. And this year, it ranks in the 2nd percentile. This is not Poole's failure alone. More than anything, it reiterates the immense and immeasurable value of Steph. This season especially, it's also an indictment of the front office and its decisions to tether too much of the 2nd unit's livelihood to prospects and unproven's and Michael Green. To their credit, the Warriors have discovered some semblance of balance by adding Draymond Green to bench heavier combos. They've actually outscored opponents by 4.3 points per 100 possessions uh, with a top-tier defensive rating, by the way, when Dre headlines Stephless lineups. Jonathan Kaminga has also been coming along at both ends, too. That's big. It's not a panacea. There's a difference between surviving extended stretches against non-starters and turning this setup into your enti entire existence. And that's before accounting for Andrew Wiggins' own absence. He hasn't played since December 3rd after suffering an adductor injury. More urgently than ever, the Warriors now must look inward and decide once and for all whether it's officially time to look outward. If they care at all about this season, about respecting Steph's timeline upon his return, they will make a trade. 
It doesn't necessarily need to be for a star. They might have the ammo, but that, again, we've talked about on this podcast many times. The star trade market doesn't seem to exist right now. Targeting flat-out upgrades is just is perfectly fine. A stretchy big who can still move to pair with Kaminga. Depth and size on the wings. And, of course, another ball handler or self-starter who doesn't crypt the spacing. Those would all be essential additions. But the Warriors have to commit to ponying up for them. Maybe that involves selling low on James Wiseman, who got recalled from the G League on Thursday, or Moses Moody. Perhaps it involves flipping a draft pick, or draft picks, plural. Kaminga should be off limits, I would say, in non-star trades, though. But surrendering any one of these chips or some combination of everything will sting. Parting with Wiseman specifically mandates a level of self-awareness the Warriors brass has not yet indulged. It would be an admission that, yeah, they fucked up in the 2020 draft. And then, yeah, they fucked up all over again over the 2022 offseason by still not doing something about it. That's hard to do under any circumstances. It's even tougher when you're talking about turning a 21-year-old number two pick into someone like Josh Richardson or Kelly Olynyk or P.J. Washington or Mo Bamba or Eric Gordon or Jay Crowder. It's much less painful if that someone is on the scale of, say, Miles Turner, but you're not getting Miles Turner for Wiseman and Filler alone at this point. There is, of course, a chance the Warriors just take the more patient approach. They could use Steph's absence to double down on self-exploration and see what they have without their franchise lifeblood and hope they'll then have enough time upon his return to put it all together. They could also just not fucking care about what becomes of this season. They own their first-round pick and aren't exactly worlds away from top-notch lottery odds. Prioritizing development for prospects and unknowns and then rest for the vets in the name of an impromptu gap year is technically on the table as well. They could then recalibrate over the offseason with a better idea of who they are outside Steph and another glitzy prospect to pedal or to groom. This latter scenario would be a choice, though, to really go through another gap year. That would be a choice. Clay Thompson turns 33 in February. Draymond Green turns 33 in March, and he hits free agency at season's end if he declines his player option. Steph will celebrate his 35th birthday in March as well. Golden State's core is not designed to just punt on another year and then regroup. That's the dilemma, the same as it's ever been here. The Warriors cannot cater to one timeline without entirely jeopardizing or damaging the other. There might be a right answer, which would be maximizing Steph's window, but there's not an easy one. And whether Golden State even has a choice anymore is an entirely separate matter, and it's also debatable. There's nothing they can do without Steph to improve their position. Anything the Warriors actually do will be meant to buy time and re-optimize the roster once he's back. And yet, how are they supposed to do anything at all without knowing for sure how long the one player they couldn't ever afford to lose will be sidelined? And if we're being bluntly honest, the Warriors already made their decision. They opted for dual agendas, and in doing so, they missed their window to make a move expand their margin for error, and maybe possibly withstand a blow such as this. And now, without Steph, their season may have just ended because of it. I don't know why you would have hope in this team being able to rebound and staying in playoff territory, maybe play in territory, but then they're just exhausting themselves when Steph comes back to go on a run, make it to the playoffs just to get bounced in the second round. I don't necessarily know what the answer is, but I don't know how you can feel good about this situation. 
that'll do it here. If you made it all the way to the end, please remember to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or subscribe wherever you're getting your, your audio podcast. Follow us on all the socials. Links to that are in the podcast and YouTube description along with our Discord. Until next time, and as always, I leave you all with a shout-out to the one, the only, the indelible. Maybe the Warriors should trade for him so that he can help salvage what's left of their season without Steph, Frank, Hila, Hina.